Making a mess of marriage, mating, and monogamy. Benjamin Franklin once said, Marriage is the most natural state of man, and therefore the state in which you're most likely to find solid happiness. Joanne Wolfgang Van Goeth said, Love is an ideal thing, marriage a real thing. A confusion of the real with the ideal never goes unpunished. When Albert Einstein proclaimed that E equals MC squared, no physicist asked each other, what's he mean by E? In the hard sciences, the important stuff comes packaged in numbers and predefined symbols. Imprecise wording rarely causes confusion. But in more interpretive, rather interpretive sciences, such as anthropology, psychology, and evolutionary theory, misinterpretation and misunderstanding are common. Take the words love and lust, for example. Love and lust are as different from each other as red wine and blue cheese. But because they can also complement one another splendidly, they get conflated with amazing, dumbfounding regularity. In the literature of evolutionary psychology in popular culture, in the tastefully appointed offices of marriage counselors, in religious teachings, in political discourse, and in our own mixed-up lives, lust is often mistaken for love. Perhaps even more insidious and damaging in societies insistent on long-term, sexually exclusive monogamy, the native form of that statement is also true. The absence of lust is misread as indicating an absence of love. We'll explore that later on. Experts inadvertently encourage us to confuse the two. Helen Fisher's Anatomy of Love, a book referenced earlier, is far more concerned with shared parental responsibility for a child's first few years than with love joining the parents to one another. But we can't blame Fisher, as the language itself works against clarity we can sleep with someone, quote-unquote, without ever closing our eyes. When we read that the politician made love with the prostitute, we know love had little to do with it. When we report how many lovers we've had, we're claiming that we've been in love with all of them. Similarly, if we, quote-unquote, mate with someone, does that make us mates? Show a guy a photo of a hot-looking woman and ask him if he'd like to meet with her. Chances are good, he'll say or think, sure. But chances are also high that marriage, children, and the prospect of a long future together never entered into his decision-making process. Everyone knows these are arbitrary expressions for an almost infinite range of situations and relationships 
everyone, it appears, but the experts. Many evolutionary psychologists and other researchers seem to think that love and sex are interchangeable terms, and they throw together copulating and mating as well. This failure to define terminology often leads to confusion and allows cultural bias to contaminate our thinking about human sexual nature. Let's try to hack a path through this tangled verbal undergrowth. Marriage, the fundamental condition of the human, human species. Quote, the intimate male-female relationship, which zoologists have dubbed a pair bond, is bred into our bones. I believe this is what sets us apart from the apes more than anything else, said Franz de Waal. Quote, the majority of husbands remind me of an orangutan trying to play the violin, says Honor de Balzac. The holy grail of evolutionary psychology is the human universal. The whole point of the discipline is to tease out intrinsically human patterns of perception, cognition, and behavior from those determined on a cultural or personal level. Do you like baseball because you grew up watching games with dad? Or because the sight of a small groups of men strategizing and working together on a field connects to a primordial module in your brain? That's the sort of question evolutionary psychologists love to ask and aspire to answer. Because evolutionary psychology is all about uncovering and elucidating the so-called psychic unity of humankind. And because of the considerable political and professional pressure to discover traits that conform to specific polit political agendas, readers need to be cautious about claims concerning such universals. Too often, the claims don't hold up to scrutiny. The supposed universality of human marriage and the linked omnipresence of the nuclear family is a case in point. A cornerstone of the standard model of human sexual evolution, the claim for this universal human tendency to marry appears to be beyond question or doubt. Unquestioningly correct, in Malinowski's words, though the tendency has been assumed since, before Darwin, evolutionary biologist Robert Chervers's now classic paper, Parental Investment and Sexual Selection, published in 1972, consolidated the position of marriage as foundational to most theories of human sexual evolution. Recall that marriage 